On this special 50th episode, we focus on two key components that make up a modern-day warrior, the Zen mind and the warrior spirit. Mastering the mind comes from Zen discipline in the warrior world. It comes through constant training. Our special guest today is Tulam, who is a man that embodies the warrior spirit in all facets of his life. Tulam is a retired Green Beret, and I got to tell you that he's been around the world 27 different countries, leading assignments in unconventional warfare, and of course, foreign internal defense, special reconnaissance, hostage rescue, direct action, and counterterrorism operations all throughout the globe. Two's wisdom shines through in this podcast. His philosophy on life and war is reminiscent of the samurais of old. Join us in the most profound episode we have ever recorded. We're going to dive deep into the mind and soul of a warrior in battle and in life. Stand by. My brothers, welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde and I am your host. It is our 50th episode and I am so stoked. I got to tell you, when I first made the decision here to start a movement that focused all right, on transforming average men into modern day warriors, I was not expecting the incredible journey that it would take me on. The Man of War podcast, right now, it's literally going into its 50th episode today. I got to tell you something. I am just beyond humbled. I cannot believe that we have gotten here and the way that we have gotten here with tremendous push, with a brotherhood right now that is growing daily. The passion of these men that I speak to, man, I got to tell you, and more importantly here, what we're doing is we're building a kick-ass movement, right? The relationships, I gotta tell you, gentlemen, that I have built with warrior-minded men from all over the world has truly been invaluable. All the relationships have been totally invaluable. My guests have been a total inspiration to me in so many ways. I gotta tell you, the emails that I have received from men that have started to walk in the warrior's path because of this movement confirm that we are making a difference and impacting men from all over the world. I gotta tell you, at the beginning, there were people out there that did not grasp the concept of my vision and mission, right? These people said to me, no, Rafa, you're not going to be able to do this, right? This is a super niche. The warrior generation is dead. People don't look at warriors the same way they did 50, 100 years ago. I disagreed with that. And I got to tell you, without sponsors and only 10 months into this show, just about 10 and a half months here, we are approaching 500,000 downloads. That's pretty fucking good, man, I gotta tell you. For a podcast that's super niched and certainly has been trending beautifully here over the last 10 months. Now, for those who've asked me, all right, where do we go from here? I have so many things in store over the coming months. Are we gonna make this movement double, triple over the next few months? All right, I want to make this more immersive, and I'm going to start taking on clients very soon here. 
as new coaching clients, all right? I have a bunch of them right now, but I'm adding another three, maybe four over the next couple of months, regardless, all right? The Warrior Development Academy is gonna get stronger. I got some great plans for that. You gotta join that if you have not done so, all right? It's at forgingawarrior.com. Check it out. See why hundreds of warrior-minded men in there are transforming their lives right now. I want to get that to about 200 here within the next 30 to 45 days. We are very close to 200 men. Now, I have so many things here to, to talk about. I mean, we got major events coming. Um, I got a new YouTube page that's starting. I mean, so many things are clicking and coming together that I am so excited. But more importantly, I have a major event that I'm gonna be announcing here within the next uh, two weeks or so uh, that you guys are absolutely gonna love. So. I want you to stand by for that. And certainly, if you have not done so, go subscribe, leave us a review. It takes three minutes out of your time. Listen, I am bringing you this badass podcast that takes a lot of work. All right, I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally into helping you and guiding you walking in that warrior's path, but I need your help also. So all I'm asking for you guys, okay, it's just to step it up a little bit and leave a uh, review specifically on iTunes. All right, last but not least here on my list to do, I have a new Instagram account. It's not really new. It's probably about five, almost six months old, but I want to continue trending higher on that account and I'm gonna need your support. So give me a follow at Men of War with two R's. Of course, I wanna thank each and every one of you out there that has made this show a success. I wanna thank you from the bottom of my heart. You are the reason why the Man of War movement is moving and trending in this upward, skyrocketing direction because of warrior minded men like yourself. All right, guys, before I forget, go grab your warrior book. It is absolutely free at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. All right, my brothers, let's get into this show. Before we get started here, I want to tell you something. This is one of the most profound shows that I have recorded, and I left it here for the 50th episode because this guy, too, is a badass warrior. He is very philosophical, very articulate in the way he speaks, and he's very unique in his method. So I want you to pay attention, grab a pen, take some notes, because you're gonna learn a lot here. All right, let's get right into it. Two, welcome to the Man of War podcast, my brother. It is an absolute honor to have you on. Oh, arigato, thank you for inviting me on. Awesome, man. And, you know, we were talking before the show here, and uh, you are one of the guys that I believe holds that embodiment of the true modern day warrior. And um, we're going to get into this. But before we get started, to talk to me about who you are. Let our uh, general audience know who Two is. Um, I was born in Vietnam, uh, Saigon, Vietnam, after fall of Saigon. We. Um, Barely escaped with our lives. Um, half our family was murdered after the, the Vietnam War. We escaped on a on a wooden boat uh, in a in hopes of freedom. So um, my aunt married a American Special Forces officer, and he expedited the paperwork. We got over to the United States and became Americans. Where 
I was eventually, uh, my mother eventually remarried to American Special Forces Sergeant, where I was indoctrinated into the Special Forces Green Beret lifestyle at eight years old, and eventually became um, a team member with the A-teams uh, in the Special Forces. So, you became a Green Beret, and I mean, you went out there, you served our country. At what point in time did you decide to kind of, you know, switch your hat and become a, an instructor like you are now? Uh, you know, I traveled to 27 countries. My my path in the, in the global war was uh, outside of Afghanistan and just Iraq, although I did affect those areas. Um, I started moving in, you know, when, when the war first started for us, we went into Asia, fighting Abu Sayyaf. And you know all those different other hot spots, and then eventually went to you know Iraq, and we started going and doing the global pursuit. We started hunting the enemy around the world, and at that time, I went into the Horn of Africa, and I started seeing different uh, atrocities, um, things you know people are still getting enslaved, uh, acts of genocide, and and I'll tell you, man, that that really uh, resonated with me, as in. I started reflecting back in our own country, in America, and you know, I, I'm, I'm very proud to be an American. Uh, I'll tell you why, because I wasn't born an American. I wasn't born with the freedoms that most of us had. I had to fight for it. And and during my adult life, I fought for, for the safety of Americans. But towards the end, I, I found out it was more of a political war. It was... Um, Although we came in there, we serve our countries, but you're, you're being a special force soldier, you're still a soldier. You know, you're still going to serve your military, you're going to serve your country. And sure. that really restricts us from the humanity side. So if you see acts of, of, of genocide, you can't really do too much unless it's in your orders, you see. So I, I started reflecting back on, on the Americans and where we're going in our country. And I felt like I can really help. So I decided to step off the war path, take my life lessons and my experiences, and try to affect a difference. That's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, for, for you to step out there and, and not only just go out there and teach and disseminate um, the information and the knowledge that you, you know, you gathered in, for so many years, but more importantly, the way that you do it. I mean, you're out there, you're a humble guy, and you're, you're one of these guys that that really can touch other students and i've seen it through your instagram videos and and kind of like the way you disseminate your message and there are not that many instructors out there that can touch students in the level that you're doing it because it seems that you have an honesty about you and that drive to really help people and that in my opinion my friend is what separates a true warrior out there so let's talk a little bit about your warrior mentality, where you got that from, and how you've implemented into your training? Well, my father was Special Forces. My uh, uncle was Special Forces. My papa, which is my grandfather, he was in the military. He fought, you know, the greatest war, the, the American War, the World War II, the greatest generation. He was part of the, you know, he was raised during the Depression. So I understood, like, at a very young age, 
the the path of the higher purpose. My father, as a Green Beret, served a higher purpose. You know, he went into these foreign countries and he freed those oppressed, the oppressor libraire, the the model of the Green Berets. So I knew at a very young age, I would say even 13 years old, is when I knew that I was destined to to walk that path. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew that's what I wanted. And um, <laughs> through trials and errors, and you know, different hardships and selections, and and that's where I, I started finding my way during the teams. And um, I was I, I made it to teams at a very very young age. Your your mentality, I mean, from from what I see, you are very tight with Budo. You're tight with Bushido. You're you're tight with that. Um, Japanese mentality where it's all comes and stems from the samurai warrior. Talk to me about that. Well, during my first, after I graduated the Special Forces Qualification Course and Language and, and um, SEER courses, Prisoner Evasion Course, I, I had orders to go to Japan, Okinawa, Japan, where I lived in Okinawa, Japan for six years. So I seen, you know, I traveled to the mainland, I traveled to Okinawa in our course of training. So I seen the very roots of Bushido. I saw the very battlefields that the samurais fought in and I studied their doctrine. As a student of Budo, a student of a war, I've always studied doctrine. I've always studied past battles from the Battle of Denopolis with the Spartans to the Hans, you know, the Mongolians. I, I studied them all, even to modern day warfare. What I found with the, the Japanese samurai was different. It was, they were not barbarians. They were more warriors, you know, based. And at a young age, I didn't really understood the difference, you know. Didn't really see it. Um, both were training arts of war, both were fishing on the battlefield. But one fights for a purpose. One fights for a higher sure. purpose of God and country. While the other person fights for goods, for land, for material uh, needs, you know, that's what made them barbarians. Totally. And I wanted to walk that, that noble path. So when I seen, you know, I meditated in the old temples of samurais. I have sat down at the councils and talked to the senates of samurais. And I found a higher purpose in them. And as a student of war, um, that studied past wars and multiple wars, and even in special forces studying unconventional war, I found a, a connection with the uh, Bushido uh, mindset, the Budo mindset. And I think, too, it's like my mother was Buddhist, you know. And uh, I grew up with, you know, going to the temples and uh, asking for honor and asking for strength from my ancestors. You know, so I was really raised in those traditional roots of the Asians. How do you incorporate into your training the, your, your methodology of saying your progressive methodology, say from firearms into um, knife fighting into hand to hand? And you, you still, it seems like you, you still trend on that very, um, for lack of a better word, traditional aspect of, you know, the old, you know, samurai way in every way, the way you, you disseminate that information. You know, talk to me about how you have progressed and structured your teaching. Well, I, I feel like warriors, you know, we're we're not the first generation of warriors, you see. We are just this current generation of warriors. 
And I am a man of old soul. You know, I believe in the ways of tradition. Uh, I believe in the way of the classics. But the way the classics, though, you have to conform. You have to grow as a warrior. Warfare has changed. I've seen the very extremes of war, you know, where, where we fought... Um, uh, well, we fought in the, the current wars of dropping bombs, conducting reconnaissance, long-range sniper operations, unconventional warfare, unifying militia groups. You know, so the modern-day warfare has changed, but I am a man of tradition. I'm a man of the classics. So I take the classic reading, the Bushido mindset, because warriors are warriors. We serve that higher purpose. So I take the, the, the readings of the classics, I apply the, the fundamentals of, you know, courage, honor, you know, loyalty. I apply all those characteristics to the modern day warfare. Now, if you believe in the way of the classics, then you believe in the teachings of everything is universal. So even like if we paint, right, if you're painting uh, and doing calligraphy, well, those movements are universal when it comes to the blade, when it comes to the hand. What I found was that my martial art background and my understanding of the martial arts from moving from the elements of fire and water and wind and void, moving from all these elements, I understood all those concepts, right? And I'm able to apply it to my teachings under modern-day warfare. I was, I was taught by some of the most lethal warriors this generation had to offer. I was taught by some amazing warriors that changed the face of the battlefield in history. So I was only able to take my classics, right, my way of teaching, my mindset, and apply it to the way of the new warfare. And what I found was it is true. Everything is universal. From the way of the gun, from the way of the empty hands to the blade, all of them are universal. It's just the only thing that really changed is my mindset and strategy and how I was able to employ it. I was taught in the ways of unconventional warfare, but I believe in the ideals of samurai, right? So that's kind of conflicting. That's kind of conflicting, right? Because if you believe in the way of samurai and believe in the way of the old, samurais never fought unconventional. Right? That's why they... You know, they, they had a hard time with the shinobis, the ninjas, right, in the Iga province of Japan. What I found was because I was a Green Beret, and it, it echoed through who I am today, a ronin, right, a ronin's masterless. He doesn't serve anybody else but himself. But I have the, the moral and ethical values of samurai. Hey, guys, just a quick break in the action here. Go check out the uh, Warrior documentary, at forgingawarrior.com forward slash warrior film. You're gonna love it, it's inspirational, and it really shows you how warriors start developing through an event that we have called the Assembly of Warriors. Go check it out. Well, my mindset is very unconventional because I'm a, I am a modern day warrior, and I change with the battlefield. I change with the times and weaponry. So that's how I'm able to take the ways of the old and put it into the ways of the new. That's awesome. I mean, that that is a, a phenomenal strategy. The way that you're combining, you know, the the old ways of the samurai and kind of bridging the gap into modern day, um, you know, combat philosophy mindset. So I'm going to kind of put you a little bit on the spot here, and 
and, and this is kind of where I see, unfortunately, a lot of the mentality that we see here, uh, especially in the combatives art nowadays and, and in the philosophy of teaching, everything is new, new, new. Let me see what I can make up tomorrow. I want to get the newest, most cutting edge training possible. And, you know, it, it's, it's constant forward. It's never going back to you know extracting valuable information um like you said i mean you studied battle you studied war i'm a big proponent of studying i mean i have thousands of books of war that i absorb i break them down and in the end too i don't know if you agree with me but you know combat is combat man there is only so many ways that you can move your arm move your feet Okay, it's much more internal in the aspect of that mindset, right? That warrior mindset, that may be the difference. But in reality, I mean, you could only move your arms and body, you know, so many ways. Bruce Lee said it the best, you know, I mean, it, it, you can only kick, you can kick, you know, in three or four different angles and that's it. Okay, you, you can't start making up all these weird movements because in reality, you're not going to, they're, they're not real. They're not combat efficient. They're not pragmatic and 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 true combat so now uh, i want to know your take on i mean where you see this philosophy going this training i mean you know talk to me about that well it's funny you say that because uh you know we we grow up this new generation of the fast food chain right everything needs to happen so fast we, we need to learn something and i want to learn in a very short manner okay if you truly want to understand the way truly the way, right, then it takes a lifetime because I'm still in the midst of my, my, my studies now. See, so the thing is that everybody wants an answer to everything. Well, there's in war, there's not an answer to everything. It's your mindset and your approach to things, see? So like the military, we have the, the conventional military has a conventional mindset. The special operations guys has unconventional mindset. But you have to be able to blend them in. You see, you have to be able to understand people. So as a Green Beret, you know, I have to be able to take my war experience, my life experience in times of conflict and war, but able to, to, you know, dissect it and put it into, you know, the officer's hands, right? Understand them and sympathize with, with their rules and engagement and what they're fighting for. You know, and with my snapshot of my time in conflict and battle, I'm able to do that because I wasn't I didn't just fight the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan. I fought the secret wars. I fought the wars that nobody will ever hear about. You know, I went to those places where they say there were conflicts and hotspots and those places were more difficult. And I'll tell you why. Because it's not a declared war zone. You don't you do not have the rules and engagements. You don't have the aerial support. You don't have. They call for fire so right. I can drop bombs on people. I am maybe 12 man deep in that in that region, heavily outgunned, outarmed, right? These militia groups have more range. They're more combat uh, experienced than we are because they've been fighting since they're little boys, fighting civil wars, right? Like you think about like uh, Libya, you know, the Gaddafi regime, fighting the Gaddafi regime right. because... You know, if, if you had an education, they would show up to your door and kill your whole family, and including yourself, you know? So all these sure. people being oppressed overseas, I had a snapshot of all that. Because, 
And I had a personal snapshot of that too. Because I was the person being oppressed at, at a very young age. I, I was the one that escaped from Vietnam. You know, my family was, you know, half of my family was murdered and imprisoned. So I, I had that snapshot. See, so I come to battle with a different mindset. I come to, I left the military with a different mindset than, than maybe my teammates that didn't face those adverse adversities at a young age. You see? Yeah, those are those are all. I mean, that's all really, really relevant to understanding, especially like what you said. You know, you're you're transitioning from going into combat and warfare, unconventional warfare. You know, you're talking about going twelve man deep in small unit tactics and areas that have you know no rules of engagement. And you know, I can relate to to that being out there in the battlefield. You know, most of my career worked undercover narcotics, being in in situations you know where you know you're out there you know three or four guys deep and if the shit hits the fan and you know you don't know who you're dealing with you know it's i i get that drift a little bit however your mindset here the good thing is that you're able to transition from that military unconventional warfare and bring it to modern day police officers guys that are coming into you know into uncertainty of areas that the rules of engagement especially in law enforcement now man it's very difficult it's a very difficult time in law enforcement but with guys like yourself that are stepping up and helping and, and disseminating good information to officers and really helping them you know save lives and protect themselves you know that's awesome how did you how were you able to transition say what you learned in the military over to now into say you know feeding it into law enforcement well, like I said, you know, like you said, law enforcement, they have a difficult job now. And, you know, we can easily badmouth law enforcement. We can easily, you know, uh, have no opinions and just go with opinions of what we see in the media. You know, but I, I've been in the streets. I understand how difficult things are. And I sympathize with the law enforcement officers because they're the one who raised their hand. They're the one who swore under God and under oath to protect our, our, our country, right, to draw that line. So I, I do have uh, more compassion, I guess, uh, to them than versus somebody who just sits around and just talks and badmouth our country. If you really feel like our country is going in the wrong direction, then you can don't do anything about it and continue to talk bad about your country, or you can stand up and fight for what you believe in. And that's the way Bushido, you see, that's the way of the way, the path, is that to to walk that higher purpose. That higher purpose is never easy, you know this. You know, the, the higher purpose that we swore an oath to doesn't stop just because you, you, uh, you don't wear the uniform anymore, right? If I swore that, that oath to God and country and I raised my right hand and I swore to protect those defenseless, that stems into my fellow Americans as well. You know, I fought for rebels. I fought for those oppressed. I've been to countries, like I said, that nobody would ever hear of. Nobody would even know. Teammates have died in these countries that nobody, these secret wars that nobody would ever hear about. But, you know, our higher purpose and that, that oath to free those oppressed is what led us to go there. So when I left the army, what is my purpose? Where do I go? You know, and it was, and I tell you, man, it was struggling times, you know, because for 23 years, 
I was on a team. I was, um, I had a, a higher purpose, you know? And, uh, and, and you get stuck on your, your regiment. You know, this is your career, this is your life. But all of a sudden, it's gone. It's gone in a blinking eye. So where do you go? So I sunk into my state of depression. You know, I lost a lot. I lost a lot during the way. I lost a lot of friends that I would never sit down and have conversations with again. You know, I've seen countries and I've seen people. Um, I've seen evil as at the worst degree, at the extremes, you know? And I fought for humanity for all these years. So where do you go when you don't have a uniform anymore and they can't put you in these countries? So I had two options. I can easily have gone through uh, with my level of training, could have gone through the, um, the contract world and, and put myself back in these countries. But that's still fighting those political wars. You're always going to work for somebody with some kind of political agenda that's beyond humanity, right? You're fighting for humanity, but these politicians are not fighting for humanity. Not all. Amen to that. Not all. They have their hidden, they have their hidden uh, political gains. But in my process as a special forces soldier, I utilize the platforms that these political leaders put us in, allowed us to go in these countries. I utilize those platforms to serve a higher purpose, to serve my God, serve my country, and also to serve those defenseless. So when I got out, I didn't have that platform anymore. So I was lost. I was lost for a little bit. It was very hard for me for, for uh, I would say for a few months after I retired. So I, I called my father and I asked for, um, I asked for strength, really. In a roundabout way, I asked, you know, I was done with the military. And, you know, when you're done with something, you're just done, you know, it just, um, I, I felt like I could serve, you know, and do something better. And um, I asked my father, and my father said, you know, son, you, you know, you can retire out and find your peace. Yep. And I so desperately needed that, my peace. And I said, well, how can I find my peace? He goes, I don't know, you know, you, you could find your way. Or you could take your life lessons and you can make a difference. Now, that appealed to me when he said that. I said, well, how, how can I do that? And he said, well, that's not my path. That's your path to find. And uh, I, I would say that during my, my dark years, I call that the depression years, during my dark times, I, I picked up the book of five rings. You read this book? But that's actually, and you know that every, that book has a meaning for everybody, depending on your life and your experience, right? So a, a, a teacher would take the same lessons that we read as warriors, but apply it to the teacher's life. So at that moment in my life, it was the darkest time of my life, you know? So I, put, I picked up the Book of Five Rings. For those that don't know, the Book of Five Rings was written by a Ronin back in 1645, to be exact. He was a swordsman, a master swordsman at his time. In feudal Japan, he served as samurai under. Uh, he fought few wars, but mostly he was a Ronin, unconventional mindset. But he was samurai in blood and culture. Okay, so Miyamoto wrote this book in 1645 where he broke up the elements of wind, fire, water, void. Right, and I, I kind of understood all those teachings. But one thing that he said to me resonated. 
and I've heard it before, and I know it, you know, going through special force, I, but I needed to read it at that moment. I needed to hear it. And Miyamoto said that do not look for strength anywhere else but internal, right? And I was at that time looking for strength everywhere else but within me. So when I read that, when I read that, I started drawing my energy from within, right? And I started in deep meditation and spirituality. And when I came out of my dark times, I came out as a Ronin. And as a Ronin, I came out with a newfound freedom and a purpose. And that's where you see me today as I give back uh, the teachings. So, too, you were almost reborn after, you know, kind of reading this, touching you, and just, you know, getting you through that that dark void in your life where you were just able to rise up and then say, hey, this is what I need to do with my life. This is where my life needs to go because I am a warrior, and that's what warriors do, man. We give, we give selflessly helping others. And that's an awesome story, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a challenging time, but the, the amount of people I'm touching now, the amount of people I'm helping, the, the emails I get with police officers that say, hey, you saved my life. And they'll talk about certain gunfights. And you know what's really weird was there was a, a police officer that wrote me. There was a paramedic I shot up there in the, uh, the assault. So they were coming in uh, to a bad area. Apparently, they got caught up on the ets, and um, they were shot pretty bad. The, the police officer, I mean, he was so stressed out, he forgot to put his car in park, you see. And and he was trying to engage in a firefight. The car hit a tree. Um, and, you know, people can badmouth these police officers, but if, if, unless you've been in a gunfight, don't tell me how you're going to act in a gunfight. I don't care how trained you think you are. The paramedic yeah. lost his life that night. But the, uh, the police officer email me and he said that what was weird was when he was scared he heard my voice where I said do not fear death right don't, don't fear it because you you can't fear it. You, your mind has to be at that present moment a state is in really right you have to be at the present moment at the present time and your mind has to be mindful of others you have to be mindful of all the environments, mindful of the situation, mindful of the friendly forces, and mindful of the deadly, you know, the enemy force. And uh, he said that, that that mindset helped him. And you know, I get a lot of those emails, and um, it, it definitely helps. It helps me with my serenity and my peace and where I am in my life right now. One of the words that comes to mind here is mushin, right? That state of no mindedness. You know, being <clears throat> almost, you know, completely uh, empty, but completely aware of the presence, right? Completely aware of what's happening. And, uh, you know, I, I think the way that you kind of transmit your message, um, you know, cultivates this state of serenity, the state of mindset. You know, some of the videos that I've seen where you're doing your, uh, you know, some of the blade work, um, it's, it's, it's a very flowing uh, type movement, uh, similar to what I do. Um, but I, what I notice is that you, you're, you're very, the way that you explain things like now you're very articulate. Um, you kind of piece things together and I could ex, you know, do an exclamation point that you're not a show off. And I really, really admire that because there are a lot of people out there in the world, uh, especially in the teaching world that 
you know, it's what they do. They show off. It's a constant show off game. It's, it's, I can shoot better than you. I can fight better than you. And it's unfortunate because, um, transmitting your message. And like you said, you know, this officer, you know, wrote, you know, wrote you and he heard your voice in there. That's the kind of shit you want to hear, man, as an instructor. I mean, am, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a human being, not just an instructor, yeah. you know, and especially a warrior, a warrior's purpose, the higher purpose, right? There's no other purpose, but to serve that higher purpose of humanity. And if I was able to save one of my fellow Americans, that voice, you know, then then that's a higher purpose. And that resonated with me and it gave me the energy and the more internal strength of fire to give more to my fellow Americans. So, too, how have you I'm going to switch hats a little bit. How have you been able to brand yourself so good? I mean, it, it, it's it's you're unique, um, you know, you know, following, you know, Budo and and you know the essence of the warrior you know some people might look at it like say hey that's a little corny that's that's a little but you stay true to you know what you believe in and you're able to you have been able to do, do a phenomenal job branding you know what you teach and who you are have how have you been able to do that just stay true to yourself like you said you know i um i've never been a conformist you know, I always been an individual, although I was a team player and I, I believed in the higher purpose of serving my commander and, you know, my unit. Um, I didn't believe in everything that they said. You know, I, I never, you know, if, if a commander told me this, that's not the gospel truth to me. I would listen to him because I swear an oath to serve the unit. I serve the Lord, right, which is at that time my commander, my, my general. But the thing is this, I never believed in everything I'd done. You know, I didn't believe in certain uh, lethal operations we went on, but I did for the higher purpose of, of the war, you, you see? And I was just, for me, I was a warrior. I'm a, multi, I'm a multi-purpose tool to get things done overseas, and that's what they look at us at, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But the thing is this, man, I, I, I never been a conformist. I've always been different. In my methodologies, in my way of thinking, I walk around the world seeing the beauty of the world. Even in most some of the most hostile areas, I look at the beauty of the world as in the people, the culture, the music, right? And I, I, I will protect that to the ends. I will give my life to protect humanity, and I really sin- sincerely mean that. That's why I chose my path, you know? And not everybody understands this, and that's their right. Not everybody will understand because not everybody will walk that that path. So I don't expect people to understand, but the ones that do truly understands, right? The ones that 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 understand the teachings, understand the words, because businessmen, you know, successful Fortune five hundred guys, you know, they study the ways of Budo, they study the way of Bushido. Yes. The most successful athletes, most successful businessmen I know. Meditate and go into the state of Zen. You have to. You have to look at life itself as a battle and as a journey. And that right there, my friend, that's a martial arts. Amen. Right? Absolutely. You, yep. If you believe in a higher being and God, no matter what God it is, right? I I respect anybody that has a religion. 
Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter as long as you're not violent. As long as you don't impose your will on others, then, then that's when a warrior comes in. That's when a warrior will meet you on the battlefield to balance out those evils. But if you respect others and you live a life of peace and harmony, right, and respect a higher being, because you have to, how can you serve a higher purpose when you don't believe in a higher being? That's right. Right? And that's the way of Bushido. So that's what I try to teach. I don't teach people only the lethal skills, although I have them, obviously, right? And people come to me for self-defense and all that, but truly my students come to me for a mindset because I teach the mind because it's the mind that moves the weapon. It's the mind that moves war. It's the mind that lives, right? It's not the way of the gun or the blade. It's my mind that moves everything together. It flows everything together. And that's what I really teach, right? I teach lethality, but I teach it a spiritual way. The way of Zen Budo, which is Zen is the current moment through body, mind, and spirit. But I teach Budo in the ways of war. So through the midst of battle, through the midst of conflict, you find that serenity, you find that Zen. Because that's the state of Mushin, the state of normal mind. That's awesome. The way that you balance your life and you really go into that state of Zen, I mean... <clears throat> So our listeners that are not familiar with Zen and, you know, the way of the warrior, the way of the samurai, can you elaborate a little bit on what, you know, the Zen means to you in, in, in your daily life? Well, let's first, let's talk about Zen in conflict. Let's talk about Zen in war, okay? Because the ones that actually see in war and combat at the, at the extreme levels, you go into a state of Zen, right? And I try to dive back into this emotion, this clarity. In war, in, in conflict, depending on your state of Mushin, your state of uh, training, right? You can go to a state of Zen because in the present moment in conflict, your mind has to be here. It can't be thinking about other things. It has all your senses, all your movements, everything has to be in the current moments. Otherwise, you can't strategize, you see. You can't think. Sure. Okay? So your, your current moment. How I apply that state to my daily life is I live in that current moment. I live in the beauty of life. Okay? Because when when you're almost lost your life, and I unfortunately almost lost my life many times during my life, right? With with born in, in Vietnam and escaping a war, right? Uh, raised in America, uh, fighting uh, racism in the 80s. And, and, you know, people always ask me, well, really, too, racism? I'm like, yeah, because I was born in the 80s. The Vietnam War was still fresh in everybody's mind, you see? So they had a stereotype, a, a, an image of how the enemy looked like based off on the media and, and, the, and the television, you know, shows during this time. So I was beat down almost every day just because of my appearance. But if they really understood the history, then they understood it was the North Vietnamese that killed half of my family. They'd done more to me than any American that would ever witness anything on the Vietnam War scale. But it didn't matter. I still faced racism. And then I fought, you know, the longest global war in American history. 
So there's a lot of experience when it comes to life and death there, right? And, and struggles. So through the struggles, you know, it's not the good times that builds character. It is the, the, the struggles. It's the mistakes. And, um, and I just, I had a snapshot. My life was different from, from others, you know? My, my path was different. So I have a snapshot of the extremes. And if I'm able to take my extremes and give that Bushido mindset, the warrior mindset to others, it can help them. It, it doesn't matter if you're a, a college student barely making, you know, struggling through college, barely eating. It doesn't matter if you're a soldier trying to be the, the next, you know, top-level top warrior, right, going through these specialized units, or a mother trying to make it as a, uh, as a single mother. The, the mindset is always there. The teaching is always there. So what I found was that because I'm able to express myself, right, in more skills than just war, I'm able to take my, my struggles through life because I went to college fighting a war. You know, and I graduated the top of my class, fighting a war. There was many countries I've been into that didn't have internet connection. And I had to hook up like some portable RBGAN, which is a, a, a internet terminal, climb up a palm tree, right? find a clearing in the jungle so I could just shoot out the term paper and climb back down. Or washing the blood off my uniform and my hands after a direct action assault, logging on and taking a midterm exam. See how the mind has to switch, right? And that takes, that takes really zen. It takes a zenful mind to be switched from going in two hours ago, you're you know, going into a direct action mission, and then now you're washing your hands of the blood, getting on the computer, and taking a midterm exam. You see the mindset. It's the mind. And if I could train others on the way to mine, even if it's a a single mother barely making it, if I can give her that that strength, right, that passion, that higher purpose, then she will become a better person. And that's multiplied throughout the warrior class, the civilian class, you know, and it echoes through the world. And that's why I found the Bushido mindset has helped others. And I don't know if I, I uh, package or market myself. I'm just being true to who I am, and I'm just really sharing myself with others. I'm sharing my my personal life, which is truly hard. You see, people see like a side of me where I'm able to communicate and talk, but it takes a lot because I was stuck in the A teams. I was in a very confined community, even within the military. A special life, a special a special assignments that I can't even talk about. Right, even some some assignments to this day I don't talk about. But the thing is that how do you go from that that quiet lifestyle, the quiet professional is what they call them, into giving without overexposing yourself? Right, and it's very it's very hard. It is, but I found that the more that I'm able to express myself and just be who I am, then that's how others can relate to me. You know, they don't see me as this, you know, instructor that doesn't make mistakes. I have made my share of mistakes, okay, in life. And um, and I grew from every single one. 
So if I'm able to take all my mistakes, all my passion, all my love and everything and give it to people, then I, I think that's why the company awesome. becomes successful, right? Because I'm able to relate more to the masses than just a small little warrior breed. Sure. Which makes, I mean, it does make a, a huge difference when you're able to relate to someone, when you're able to communicate with them and, and kind of touch them, right? Because there's a difference between somebody talking to you and really engaging in a solid conversation because that's how we learn, right? I mean, especially now you go back and you say, hey, listen, I've made so many mistakes in my life. I have screwed up a big time, a hundred times, but every single time that I've screwed up, I've done my best to learn from those mistakes and hopefully learn enough that I won't continuously you know, continuously make that same mistake over and over again. But you've opened up yourself and said, hey, listen, you know what? I'm not this, you know, perfect human being that is, you know, a badass instructor that walks on water. I am, you know, an, an average guy that went out there. I did my time. I served my country. I have a very warrior, strong warrior mentality. And I am out here teaching, not necessarily, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong too, not necessarily because I think it's cool to teach, but because I love and I have that passion, right? That drive to teach and give others and help them. But you know what I found is very much like Miyamoto Masashi, right? The Ronin that wrote the Book of Five Rings. You know, during his path of war, duels, and, and, and finding himself, See, during his younger age, it was all about fire. See, the teaching of fire. Okay. So for, for your, your, your audience, in the Bushido teachings of fire is to meet your enemies on the battlefield without fear, right? The teaching of fire is to understand tactics and strategy and to efficiently employ weapons, right, in these, in these environments. Right, in times of war. So very much like Miyamoto, during my 20s and my 30s, I, I acquired these skill sets. And as a Green Beret, I was able to travel around the world. I, I traveled you know, to Thailand, you know, Korea. I've been to all these different countries from Asia to Africa to Europe to South America, Central America. I've, I've been it, right? And I've seen the very roots of a lot of these teachings. People ask me one time, they say, hey, to martial arts, you know, what do you think of martial arts? Well, what I think of martial art is the modern day martial art is diluted. You see, yes. Yes. because the, the, the world itself has become more peaceful. Right. Uh, let me explain that when, when people are like, oh, there's terrorism going. Yes. Yes. If you decide to go to these places. Right. But back then, everybody was fighting for land, civilizations, or food, right? You think about it, like, re really read on history. Think about how we became Americans. It was a time of conflict and war. But through time and conflict and war, we find peace. Same like the martial arts. Like, just take an art of jujitsu, right? You're a student of jujitsu. I'm a student of jujitsu. You're a student of shudo, right? Yes. Correct? Yes. So, yes. shudo, right? So jujitsu itself was formed out of what? War. It was a necessity of war in close quarters range for samurais. So when they breached past this, the you know the cavalry, the foot soldiers marched on the battlefield, 
colliding spears and then they go into sword play and then they lose their sword then they go into close quarters combat That's very right. much today with the way of the gun and you know dropping bombs and you know but when we enter homes we may we, we do we will have to put our hands on people just because we have to detain them we don't kill everybody we don't know if you're a combatant or non-combatant so jiu-jitsu was developed in times of war for war tactics but through the years, as we became more peaceful, right? As, as civilization decided, hey, war is not the way, you know, we can talk it out, right? So right, right. Um, the martial arts changed. So through jujitsu, they took the aspects of killing and made it into more of a sport, which is ju judo, right? What you see. That's to right. take down, oh, you have a certain amount of seconds to, to put the guy into some submission. If you don't, you're standing back up, judo. Right, and then look at the modern day jujitsu. Right, the modern day jujitsu is it's you know, you're going in with a gi, you're fighting on the ground. You know, that's how we train in in Brazilian jujitsu and even Japanese jujitsu, and judo. Right, but where's the the war aspect? Where is sticking your fingers through somebody's eyes? Where is ripping out their face? Where is busting yes. up their 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 face? with your forearms, right? Where's drawing a blade? Where's drawing a gun when it's time is necessary? Yep. So you see what I'm saying to you, right? So martial art has gotten diluted over years. So it it, it always um, entertaining to me when people say what form or style do you, you ride from? I ride from many forms and style, but truly my form and style is lethal in nature, very lethal in nature, because we have to train to that extreme. It wasn't about going into the ring with me. It was about fighting for my, my life and my teammates' life and the safety of our, our country. So our tactics were different. You know, I we finished it off with a lethal kill. The sport of MMA, for example. Um, and do you think some of that mentality, the true lethal mentality, has kind of gone by the wayside because... I mean, we're, we're, we're out here, we, we believe that, you know, MMA fighters and what you see in the ring, you know, in the cage is real world um, combat. Now, I'm not going to put MMA down, I love MMA. I think there, there are some very valid, you know, elements that are learned and practiced and the fighters are in great shape and they have very strong mindset. But with that said, the real world, the reality of the street, the reality of combat, the reality of war, right? It's much different than what is incorporated in the cage. And my question, and, and my question here too for you is, I mean, I mean, do you think that the sport of MMA um, has kind of, you know, hurt, you know, the pragmatic self, true self-defense aspect of combative arts or martial arts? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I do. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are professional MMA fighters. I do train with them. Um, I help them out with a, a mindset. Uh, a lot of my, my MMA fighters do approach me spiritually uh, to, to, to try to break to that new level of enlightenment, you see? And I asked them this, because I had a, a fighter tell me this one time. He goes, too, you know, you, you're very fluid in your movements and this and that. And we, we spoke, you know, we, we, we fought against each other. And, you know, he was really great in the ring, really great in the ring. But he asked me a question. Uh, he said, so how does martial art play in war? And I said to him that martial art is a universal skill. 
right? Hand and eye coordination, uh, shifting of foot movements, understanding balance, understanding how to tap into your conscious mind, subconscious mind, understanding uh, how the body moves and shifts, right? Like you said before, we only have two hands, two legs, and a head, right? So the body can only move in certain directions. And because I understood those martial arts, I understand the mechanics of the body, I understand angles of attack, I was able to take my strategy, right? That's the difference, strategy, okay? Now, strategy, obviously, in the ring, they, they have a strategy. They're going to knock each other out or they're going to take the guy to the ground. Yeah, that's strategy. But in times of war, what is your strategy? Gathering of intelligence, developing a course of action, depending on your operational environment, understanding your operational environment, understanding the people, understanding how lethal operations will affect that area in times of not war, right? So, you see, war and fighting in a ring and control environment is different. I have no problems employing a blade or a gun, right, in a fight. I have no problems dropping a 500-pound JDM bomb into an area. That's war. So that's my mentality. So when I fight, that's the same mentality. I don't have rules, right? In fact, I fight very unconventional. I fight with the art of deception, very much like samurais. You take a samurai and throw him in the ring, how do you think he's going to do? He can control many rules, right? So where does he get to draw a sword to stick somebody? Where do I get to draw my gun and shoot somebody? Because that's my martial arts. That's my lethal skill. I never washed down my martial arts. My martial art has always been lethal because I'm aware of the modern times. See, so it goes, it goes back to the teachings. And to get a little bit of, I'm going to kind of dive in, dive into your life too. Tell me or give me a glimpse inside, say, your daily rituals, like your daily routine, like you wake up in the morning, go from there. <laughs> it definitely depends. Um, when I'm at home, I try to balance my life with serenity, right? My my wife and I, we didn't have very much time together when I was in the Special Forces. I traveled so much, so I'm trying to make up spending time and, uh, and growing together as, as a couple, trying to be the best husband. Um, I, I do love animals, so I, I have uh, my two dogs that they give me, you know, peace. <laughs> Hang out with, but in the mornings I, I wake up in the morning. I like to watch the sun come up as I meditate in my balcony. Uh, I like to hear the sounds of birds and peace, you know, in my my garden. Um, so that that starts off my day, right? And then my day consists of a lot. You know, if I'm back at home, I'm answering emails, I'm um, coordinating for training uh, with other law enforcement agencies, civilians. Uh, we do have a company where I developed a lot of gear uh, in times of war that I was able to launch. It's pretty successful. So a lot of the special operations units in military and law enforcement utilize my gear, and it works. It works very well with them on the battlefield and, and on the streets. So um, we're really busy with that. We're really busy on uh, in the training aspect. And we're doing uh, training modules now. So filming that um i started getting into uh, a little bit of the hollywood world so uh working with um like you know we just filmed the history channel a show called knife or death so that's coming out soon it's a branch off of forge and fire i don't i don't know if you ever watched forge yeah. and fire but 
Okay, so as a branch off uh, of Forge and Fire, it's more of uh, tactics and strategy when it comes to blades and how to employ it. So that should be coming out this summer. Um, but yeah, my whole day consists of, you know, obviously working, but trying to um, answer emails, communicate with people. But then usually around 3 o'clock, I break away into my, my strength training, uh, my martial arts, um, and then I go into my gun uh, work at night. So gun work consists of either going to a range or gun work and, and working my state of machine when it comes to the way of the gun and blade. That's awesome. So you have your, your set, you know, your preset rituals, your, your, your way of the morning. And, you know, one thing that I believe in and every warrior minded man that I have ever spoken to, um, you know, you wake up early, man, you beat the sun. And, um, you know, I, I try to kind of ingrain that into my listeners brains that you got to get up early you know life changes if you wake up early and you go out there and do something um and i'm a big big believer in that yeah i mean is, is a very spiritual thing that's you know when light hits you that's life you know where light hits is life and to me you know i i when you come so close to losing life you respect life you look at beauty in a different way, right? So, uh, I mean, you, you, you know, some of uh, my students were cancer patients that survived, you know, and they talk about that, you know. It's not just about me teaching. I learn, too. I learn a lot from my students as well. If you just take time to listen to others and, and try to understand their path, you know. Now, too, I also see that um, you have uh, started to do some some type of filming, uh, that you're very much into aesthetics when it comes to filming, a very minimalistic approach, but a very, uh, very unique way of telling your story. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I started getting into the Hollywood world. They, Hollywood started reaching out to me to uh, choreograph like fight scenes. You know, a lot of the, the tactics on how I would take down uh, a dynamic vehicle, how I would go with CQB. So um, I felt I felt like that's a that's a kind of cool thing to do, right? So I was kind of interested in that to learn that life because you know I never knew anything about it, and life is a process of growth and knowledge. So that appealed to me. So I went out there and I started working with them, and then I had producers started coming up to me and asking me to read script and um and i don't know it's just i somehow just got into that world you know i um, that's awesome man yeah it. i don't i don't really go 100 percent into that world because you know talking to some of my celebrity friends they don't have a life that means like they can't go <laughs> to you know public places they can't go to the gym they can't go you know and i'm starting to kind of see it a little bit you know but um it hasn't affected, you know, the way I, I do business. Uh, I I always make time for my followers, you know, and you know a lot of them have questions, they have struggles on their own. So I, I do try to make time because I wish that I had, I wish I had a warrior, you know, when I was growing up, that would take time to to hear my words, and and you know impart on me his his experience, you know. So that's what I try to do now, even though I'm I'm in that world. But also that world, too, allows me a platform like no other, right? You think about Bruce Lee. Sure. Bruce Lee, he was a man of martial arts. He was a man of philosophy. So, so very much am I. I'm just a modern-day times and a warrior. I have my own philosophies. I have my own 
martial arts and I have my own strategies when it comes to war, right? But I can help others, right? It's not about war all the time, right? But I can take that mindset, I can help others. So if I can give others that mindset, then what other gift, what other better gift that I can give somebody than to share a piece of me? So Hollywood allows that. It allows the bigger platform for me to reach more people that, that needs help. So that's that's why I kind of chose to 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 entertain that world. Now, you know, it goes. You know, speaking about Hollywood and and you know being out there, kind of exposing yourself to you know obviously millions of people. Um, it. It's for you, I, I think that you go about it like saying being yourself, right? I mean, just you go out there and you are, you know, you are too. You are yourself. And, and I think that is such a big, uh, for you especially, because you're a charismatic, articulate dude, dude, you know, that you can go out there and, you know, you talk in a, in a, in a way that captures attention. I think you're going to do great, man, in Hollywood. I think you're going to be unique. Oh, thank you. If, uh, if I ever decide to go down a route, but you know, there's there's a few small projects right now to get my feet wet. But you know, like I said, you know, who knows what the future will bring? And uh, Hollywood is Hollywood, though. Hollywood, you know, won't let you be yourself. You know, you have to be a character. You have to act. You have to, you know, be somebody else because you're working for a producer, a director. You know, right. so having my own training modules that is shot in a Hollywood production because that's what we're doing. We're shooting my training modules utilizing the same technologies as they do in, in the movies, right? Yeah, it's awesome. So it's awesome. A lot of my training modules, I break away from just teaching the arts of reality and I just have a one-on-one -on -one time with my viewers where I talk about philosophy. I talk about life. I talk about life struggles. So it breaks up that just that teachings of lethality. Sure. Makes sense. All right, too. Let's talk uh, a little bit about what your definition is of a modern day warrior. A modern day warrior is pretty much what past warriors have said. Even I'll even say Bruce Lee. Right? You have to be like water. You have to be able to conform to the surroundings. You know. So as a warrior of the present time, I have to be able to conform. I have to be able to conform to my environment. The special forces has given me this this insight, because you know if I work in Afghanistan or I work in Iraq, doesn't mean the same type of warfare happens in Africa or the Philippines. You see, so you have to be able to truly have that water mindset, that fluidity. You have to be able to adapt to operational environments. So first, the warrior needs to be an intellectual. Right? He needs to study doctrine. He needs to understand past wars, and he understands the people, the religion, the culture. Okay, Because only through understanding can you make a difference. So warrior's path is what? To serve humanity, right? To fight in times of war. To fight when he needs to, and to die if he needs to, for the higher purpose. So how can you fight when you simply don't know? Okay, so first the warrior needs to be smart. Okay, it's not about just brute strength, it's about being a smarter soldier. Okay, second, he needs to be obviously physically fit. 
right? Because that's the basics of everything. Through body and mind. If your body lacks, then your mind will lack. Okay? So your body has to be on point to a warrior. And, you know, people ask me, what, what physical fitness level do I need to be at a, at a warrior's level? Well, that depends on what kind of warrior you are. Okay? Are you the warrior that kicks in the door? Are you the warriors that walk with 120 pounds in your back through triple canopy jungle? Then you need to be fit in order to operation that operational environment. And how you do that is to deep understand your area of operation. Going back to the first lesson, right? Be a smarter warrior. So body, mind, and then you have to have spirit. So the spirit is what moves you. Okay? It's what moves us to, to walk down the path. So if you don't have a spirit, then well, who are you serving? What are you serving? Is it for the, the cool team guy thing? Because we have we have um, team guys that only go there because that's what they wanted. They want to be a seal. They want to be a green beret because they think it's cool. That will only get you so far. But the warrior needs to be complete in mind, body, and spirit. He needs to be a smarter soldier. He needs to be trained in weaponry. He needs to be trained in advanced weaponry, advanced infiltration techniques, right? So for me, you know, I, I train in this reconnaissance operation. I, you know, I can amphibiously infill into a country. I can, you know, free fall, military free fall into a country. So all these different platforms, right? So how are you going to get to the war, right? So, I mean, a warrior has to get there. So in, when, when I say in special operations, we have to be trained in multiple different arenas other than just shooting, working out. So along with that comes a mindset. That's deep, man. Deep, <clears throat> definitely deep stuff right there. You know, I, I love the fact that you point out, you know, that you, you got to have that balance of body, mind, and spirit because, you know, in the end, you know, without that balance, it, the warrior within you does not exist. That that's that's it. It does not. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I try to put it out there for my listeners to understand that you got to balance that in your life. And it, that is a those are three key components that must happen. All right, to let our listeners know how they can follow you, your website, your training, all that good stuff. All right, so I'm under Ronin Tactics on uh, Instagram. So you look up Ronin Tactics, you'll see a red dragon. That's the Ronin dragon, the dragon of war. If you type in Facebook, Ronin Tactics, Ronin, R-O-N-I-N, Tactics, you'll find us with a red dragon on Facebook. My uh, website is www.ronintactics.com. So any one of those platforms, you can reach us. Awesome. And for our listeners, I'm going to put the links on the uh, uh, webpage and also on the show notes uh, so you can link back to Tu's um, website and follow him on Instagram and uh, Facebook and all that good stuff. H highly recommend you guys to go give him a follow. Tu, man, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on, brother. I mean, so much knowledge on the table, so much wisdom on the table here. And it's like I can sit here and talk to you for another hour or, or two. Um, I would love to have you back on soon. I mean, you're a guy that uh, I would love to have regularly on the show because it's just so much that I felt like I left on the table. But we try to, you know, do the show between an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for serving a higher purpose. And thank you for reaching out to me. And it meant a lot to me. Appreciate it. Good luck to you. And we'll talk soon.
There you have it, a great conversation with two Lam. This guy is wise beyond his years. He is a true samurai, right? A true ronin, the essence of a modern day warrior. This man embodies the warrior spirit and I hope that you guys took some notes and now you can implement what you learned from this podcast into your life. Remember, it's all about action. All right, if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on iTunes. So important to continue trending higher with this podcast. Also, check out the online warrior development program at forgingawarrior.com. Last but not least, go grab your free warrior manual at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. Until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.